now. Here we go. Yeah, right. yeah. Mic check one two one two. Mic check one two one two. I want to make sure that I'm recording this time, so I don't have a blunder like I did last night and shit. But uh, yeah, yeah. We got a good little episode for uh for the night, y'all. Interviewing somebody new, and we're gonna start off with this since we had a common conversation and he quoted this. So we're gonna start off with this joint. This little number, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. The fact that you said that, you have no idea how much the light bulb went off in my brain uh-huh. when you quoted this specific song off of this specific album. I said, "Get the fuck out of here!" That shit. Absolutely. Rest in peace, Guru. Shout exactly. Shout out to Primo, Old Gangstar Foundation, Big Shug, Malachi Nutcracker, Lil Dap, all of them. But yeah, is uh oh, and just so you know what it is. Just so y'all know what it is. Welcome to the Don't Ever Think It podcast with your host, my uncle, Dominican Johnny. So you know what it is. <laughs> yeah, I had her record that. I don't know. I guess I'm copying Joe Biden when he has his son doing it. The no, 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 he ain't the pot father for no reason. Fuck out of here. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is another episode. Don't overthink your podcast. I'm your host, Dominican Johnny. Ock is probably doing the same thing you're doing in the car, probably riding because he worked the graveyard shift too. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, the other day, um, this Saturday that just passed, we had like a sort of like a hip hop roundtable uh, panel over there at the Music Man. Shout out to Conrad and Craig. And um, uh-huh. it was I knew. 90% of the people there. Then I seen this one dude in there and I thought he was Chad for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I thought he was Chad for a second because he looked just like him and shit. And I was like, is that Chad? And and I just looked at him and I and I saw you change eyes with me, but I was like, is that Chad? Because if it was, he would have said, what up? And then, yeah. you know what I mean, just kept talking or whatever and running around in there talking to everybody else, me and Dula and shit. And then Chad walked in. I was like, all right. I'm not bugging, goddammit. That wasn't Chad. No, no. <laughs> Yo. Not quite. Not quite. I know. Not quite. That's why I was all like, did he dye his beard? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it ain't supposed to rain tonight. Yo, I was like, yo, what regimen is he on? Did he start fasting or something? Uh, he got, <laughs> you know what I mean? He looked young. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. So then, and then um, we, we got to talking and, they split the panel up because it was 10 people in there. So they split it up five and five and shit. And then this gentleman right here who I'm interviewing tonight started talking. I was like, oh, he knows his shit. And then when he was saying he was younger and then I was like, in a way he could be that younger. His beard ain't that cleared clean for, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I was like, get the fuck out of here. And then coming to find he was like 32. I was like, oh shit. So then yeah. it was all like, and then I was, I was like, Dula, who's that? I, I said that to him on the side and shit. He was like, that, yeah. that's Cordell. He was like, they call him LL Cordell, but I was like, yeah. oh, word? And I was like, what, is your rapper? He was like, yeah. And that kind of struck me too after the conversation, after both conversations happened. It struck me like, that's kind of like like what I was getting at on, on that panel. It was like, that's kind of like the problem when it's like, I should know that. I should know who all the rappers are. And, and this ain't you nice. And for Chris to co-sign you because, you know, Chris don't co-sign shit. 
for him yeah. to co-sign you too. I was like, hold up. Everybody in this room knows him on a first yeah. name basis and shit. And I was like, and I don't know. Damn, I was like, either I'm way out the loop or that's just typical Harrisburg doing Harrisburg shit where they don't really promote their own. And that was my main thing on, on that. But ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Cordell Harris, uh, Yo, on, on the pod, on the pod. And this is really like a me get to know him, uh, interview and shit. Cause he really don't know me and I really don't know him. So this is going to be great. Yeah, we could yeah, learn yeah. off each other. So if you have any questions for me, me and him, like after we recorded there that night, we, uh, we, me, you, Conrad busted it up there for a good right. shit. Good 40 minutes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until Reef walked back in, looking like he was about to rob somebody and shit. Yo, <laughs> yeah. that nigga came in with his hand in his pocket. I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, yeah. Reef, what do you want?" Yo, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. So, um, Mr. Cordell Harris, and then I saw, and then I started following you on on um, on IG, and I was listening to your freestyles, and I was like, I heard that one. Uh-huh. And you said a nice, clever line on it, and I was like, "All right, he got it. He knows what he's doing." Cause that's all it really takes to. That's all it really takes sometimes with me to to sync me is if you have either some good wordplay or creative delivery or if your voice mm-hmm. is tight. Those are the three kind of things right. I look for. You know, what I mean, then after it, it'll be the the beats and shit. Even though I'm a producer, right. so to speak, uh, or a tired right. producer, I ain't made a beat in years. But I I, I kind of go for the beats last sometimes when I'm well when I'm specifically listening to uh, new MCs. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll bypass yeah. a whack beat. If he's dope, you know what I mean, right? But trying to get acquainted with the with the MC, yeah, yeah. And then for 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 a lot of people that I look up to that co-sign you, or a lot of people that I like that co-sign you, I was like, all right, he like Chris wouldn't co-sign you for no reason. Neither would neither would Ock, and neither would uh, Chad. So and and, or Rad actually, and shit. So I was all like, yeah. So I was like, hold on, I I, got to get to know this guy. I go back. With all of those guys except Doula. Doula knows me through 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 badges, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, wait, wait, I told Conrad and Craig grew up two houses down from my grandparents' house. So mm. I've known them my entire life. Uh you know, me and Badget, he's he's two years younger than me. He was in we went to the same high school. Um, Chad I used to rap in the barbershop uh, on 17th and Market, just cutting it up. Uh, oh, my okay. man, my homie was cutting in there. My man, D. Cobb, he sort of, uh, that was one of the shops where he really started to make his name. And he'd been cutting my hair since he, since I was 12. And he used to always be like, yo, you got to let niggas know that you rhyme, man. Like, don't nobody really know. So they would put me on the spot. Mm. on uh, when They would wait till it would be dumb crowded. So I hated it. Oh, my God. And <laughs> I believe... Chad was in there one time, you know what I mean, and mm-hmm. that's how I got to know Chad. When he had the he had the record store on Third Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He um, hold up. You said D Cobb. Is that is it related to Brian Cobb? I'm not sure. It's a lot of Cobbs in there. Yeah, there some is. Related, some of them are not. I went to school with a couple of them. But yep. so, yep. all right. So yeah, let's do let's let's do do that with a, with an origin story from you and shit. So you born and raised in the Berg. I kind of asked you this when we was there, but fuck it, we yeah. could we could ask it on here. Um, yeah. born and raised there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just outside the city, you know. Uh, I went to East High. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. My <laughs> whole life, this is where I've been. East okay. East High used to be the spot we used to get off of school uh, at John Harris and try to get out there to catch them joints leaving school and shit. <laughs> yeah, yo, yo, 
I wonder if that's a thing everywhere. That's just a thing here because we used to do the same thing. We used to go to the Hannah. We go to Still yep. High Let Out. You know what I mean? We yep. The <laughs> Let Out. The Let Out. Yeah. Yep. 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 That's what I was all like, yo. Because yeah, see, the East had the joints. Yeah. 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 Because it was like the it was like the hood families that they moved out the way and finally getting to yeah. get into a good yeah. school district. So they yeah. You yeah. know they still all got the their ways. Friends. Yes. Yeah. But they All lived the right there in, the, in in one of those manors or creeks or something village. Take your pick. Yeah. You know, yeah. I remember Annie and Christine out there, Megan. Uh, damn, the two twin chicks. Damn, I forget. It was a lot of joints out there, man. Yeah. Those yeah, are man. He's hot, man. Lost my virginity to one of them girls. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, I don't want to ask the cliche like, "When did you fall in love with hip hop?" I don't want to say that, but <laughs> you all you always been into this shit though, right? Naturally, yeah, yeah, yo, that's a fact. I mean, since my my earliest memories, I mean, uh, you know, since the I remember the Sprite commercials with my grand Pooba. You yep. know, I'm like four or five years old trying to memorize the words. You know, mm. and I remember knowing the words to the to the grand Pooba one specifically. You know, I give a pound to my man with my right hand, and uh, I the right with my left hand. hand. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I used to, so that that's kind of like where it started because you know at that time in the this is mid '90s, so that's the golden era. Even though I'm uh, a, a little kid, yeah, the the culture was inescapable. Oh, it absolutely. was everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was using it. To, you know, that was when the commercialization of the culture had really was just jumped off. So mm-hmm. they selling Sprite that way. They selling McDonald's that way. Uh, you know, they, they they're using hip hop to market everything, but it wasn't corny yet. You know yeah, that's true. And then corny. Mm-hmm. And what you didn't know, well, yeah, this you was probably too young for this, but I was just now getting into it. Like I said, like. How me and you uh, kind of like I kind of clicked with you when you mentioned that Gangstar album, Daily Operation. I always say that that was the first right. album that I actually like listened to the words and actually like comprehended what they were saying. Because before it was just like some dope shit. Keep your head nodding yeah. or whatever. Because, yeah. yeah, when that album came out, I was going into John Harris. I was going. Okay. I was a freshman that year. Yeah. And everybody, every car. Every Audi, every sex dog whip was bumping X girl to the next girl or ah. or no shame in my game or take it personal and shit. Yeah. It was it was me, my man Binky and Steve. Those were the three. Okay. Those, it was just us three in, in them high school days before before Dre got up there. But um, that's the first album. Like when I heard Conspiracy, I told you that and shit. It, Yep. That album was just yep. it just had knowledge and it had substance. That's one thing that a lot of, lot of content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you go back and do the research on Guru, he was always like that though, when you think about it. Right. You know? Right. So that I had Dwick on it. That had well, the B side of was, Take It Personal, yeah, was on there. But they put it on Dwick on Hard to Earn. earn right? Yeah. But it was out it the was summer out before that. Too. Yeah, they yeah, just threw it on it. Um, do, 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 do. I don't, I don't, I don't remember it being on a soundtrack. I remember it being like on the B side of either X Girl to the Next Girl on the single, or and this was actual cassette tapes too back then. It was either on the on the B side of X Girl to the Next Girl or or the Take a Personal single. It was on the B side of one of them though, because they would always they had this thing back then too where they would always put a a song that's not on the album on the B side. 
Okay. They, they would do that a lot. Them, Souls of Mischief, they would do that too. Where all their singles, they would always put a B-side would be an unreleased record. Okay. Yeah, okay. which is okay. clever fucking marketing. Well, when you think marketing tactics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so all right. So you, you uh, four or five, uh, you know, reciting, you know, Grand Poobah's verse on there. Right. Probably C.L. Smooth right. in them was probably a little too difficult to comprehend back then. <laughs> so C.L. Smooth, I... Hey, look, shout out to T.L. Smooth. I still don't know what the fuck you be talking about, man. God damn. Hey, let me tell you something funny. <laughs> I could recite Mecca and the Soul Brother front to back. And some of the stuff, it, it you have to listen to them enough. Then you'll start getting it. It's like Wu-Tang lyrics. Like, I pick up Wu-Tang yeah, lyrics even is. now. Some yeah. of that shit is indecipherable, bro. You got to listen to that shit and read it. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, like I <laughs> didn't know. Yeah. He said some shit too, though. He said, "What? What did he say? The limelight never let it confuse you. It's a fantasy island without a tattoo." Now, if you watch Fantasy Island, you would get that reference. In that right, tattoo was one of the characters on Fantasy. Yes, island. he was the greeter. Yeah. He was the greeter of the island. He was the host of the yeah. island and shit. So I was. He was clever as shit back then. It was just a little too much for my ninth grade self. But that's to me. That's yeah. in my top three albums ever. That too. It's like Illmatic, Daily Operation. That uh, P Rock and CL Smooth Mac and the Soul Brother. When I tell you, let my tape rock till my tape popped. I've rocked that shit all uh, ninth grade to the point. I remember, I remember the one girl, uh, Quinta. She was all like, "Yo, is that the only tape you got?" Uh, <laughs> that's funny, yo. <laughs> I feel like every hip hop head has had a moment where a woman has been in their car and has <laughs> asked them that exact question, like, "Yo, is this the only CD you got? Is the only tape you got?" Yeah, you know it, it, this was this was riding a bus. This was riding a bus to go to uh, Riverside. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that was I, I rocked that tape back and forth because to me the, the the jazzy shit that was foreign to me because most all right most black folks they grew up in the house listening to George Clinton and you know right. some type of black soul music and shit. I didn't. So to me, all right. of that shit was new. Reggae music yeah. was new oh, to wow. me. Yeah, I didn't even think all about that. that. Yeah, because when you when you Spanish, all you hear is you know fucking Jose Luis Rodriguez and. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and, and wow, Lucerito wow. and all okay. that. So I didn't grow up with none of that shit. The closest we had to regular music was what Michael. Uh huh. You know what I mean? That was it, or whatever was on the radio and shit. So right. when I started hearing that jazzy shit, I was like, "Yo, this is fucking crazy!" Like, yeah. listen to them horns, the Mecca and the Soul Brother fucking remix. I was like, "Listen to them horns, y'all hear this shit?" I thought it was yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I was I was in a trance for that shit, you know. But um, on the cover with the band, mm-hmm. yeah, hard. Yep. And if you if you would have seen when I got my first bachelor pad, I have a gigantic uh, four feet by three feet poster of that. Oh, that album. Mm-hmm. And I posted it up one day and P Rock liked it. <laughs> oh, wow. That's dope. That's yeah. Dope. Yeah. So I was like, that album did it for me. So, all right. So yeah. let's keep it moving. I go off on a lot of tangents and stuff. So, but I always right. try to reel it back in. So then as you as you start, you know, memorizing them rhymes and stuff, um, what was one of your first tapes that you could say you bought with like your own money that you was like, yo, this is the one that I'm sticking to and that was the one you was rocking the most? Well, I ain't gonna say bought my own money because you I figured I was born in ninety one, so that shit didn't come to Go ahead, rub it in later. again. Go ahead, rub it in again. Make me feel old. That was when I first moved to Harrisburg. <laughs> shit. But the, <laughs> the 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 first I got uh, the blueprint and stillmatic as stocking stuffers for Christmas, mm. and this is at the height, obviously, of the Jay Z Nas feud. So that was really when I started like getting serious about my listening and like, hold on, 
He talking about Jay-Z. Remember, I'm not on the internet. I'm not looking at forums. I'm not, I'm seeing what's in magazines and hearing niggas talking to barbershop and whatever I'm, you know, hearing, seeing on the TV. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm, I'm aware that this is going on, but I'm not aware of all of the little specifics, the nuances of the battle and shit like that. So that's when I really mark, that's when I notate when I started getting serious. Mm. That, that Christmas, December, 25th, you know, 2000, 2001, 2001. Yep. One. Yeah. You know, Stillmatic and Blueprint. Uh, I mean, man, I, I, they were my first two. I mean, I also got Ghetto Fabulous. Bad first job. Ah, man. okay. Okay. So then, yeah. So, yep. so then you were still kind of like, like, I guess those were your first two hip hop albums. So then the Master P era 98 and stuff, you were still getting around to just listening to everything then probably, right? But I was, but you know, that was, that was, what's the word when something is everywhere? What's the word they use when something is everywhere? That shit was universal. I, I mean, that's what I would say. It, yeah, it, it, it was, the, the Master P shit was, that was an atom bomb, especially in Harrisburg. You know what I'm saying? Or everybody was riding around Nigga. listening to that shit. Nigga. So, I was rebelling. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so I definitely I was aware. Master P shit, Cash Money shit, that shit was that shit was right in your face, Paul. And she was in yeah. Harrisburg. I call it Harrisburg, Louisiana. You know what I mean? I know. <laughs> Yo. And at first it was Houston. It was Houston, Harrisburg, because everybody I wouldn't have known who the Ghetto Boy was if I didn't live here. Really? I wouldn't have known up there in Boston. We didn't listen to that at all. Right. But right. yeah, just like I wouldn't have known UGK if I wouldn't have moved down here. You know why I think that is? I know why I it is, but let me see if we got the same answer. Go ahead. Okay, okay. So <laughs> I, I, it's, it's of, I'm of the opinion that because because this is not a big city, mm-hmm. we don't we're not attached to the New York city. You know what I'm saying? Yep. We're not attached to the New York city because that's part of it. This is, and, and also I know, legend has it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> back during the back during them days, you know what I'm saying? Late '80s, early '90s, a lot of New York guys came here to get money, and I think that uh, it, it showered a lot of Harrisburg people on New York on New York niggas. You know what I'm saying? Because of just maybe the way that they conducted themselves, or whatever the case may be. New but York arrogance. We just always, say it. New York arrogance. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I think Harrisburg always identifies with that sort of small town underdog sort of mentality and not with that big city arrogance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. My theory was partially that uh-huh. and the New York niggas coming down here with that arrogance, but you couldn't fight the music. Like you couldn't fight certain East Coast music because it's so no, close. No. But also I think it's because a lot uh, what, is, what I notice a lot here when people talk about their relatives here all of them are from the south it's like all yeah. of them came up from the south so when I heard people like they were talking about Atlanta when I didn't even know whether Atlanta was in Georgia I didn't know that back then I was a kid you know what I mean but everybody had family in Tennessee and shit like my, my one of my right hand mans his, his folks is from Tennessee or uh, like my other right hand man his people they from Mississippi. So, like, there was a lot of people whose parents and everything was from the South. So, I'm assuming that all that music, their cousins and shit gave it to them. And it came, it, like, migrated up here, so to speak. Because a lot that's of people's origins are from the South here. That's a fact. You know what I mean? That's, 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 that's kind of what I chalked it up to. 
Yo, you're 100% correct, and I didn't even think about that, and I have I have two things to add to that. So, mm-hmm. number one, now we're getting deep into, like, you know, you want to talk about the slave trade in America. <laughs> yeah. We're all, all black people are here. We all are from the South, literally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They, they didn't, you know, there is no, we. that's just how, that's just the history of black America. You exactly. know what I'm saying? All of our parents, my, my mother's family is from Tennessee. My father's See? family is from North Carolina. You know, I'm only, I'm second generation Harrisburg, which mm. is crazy. You know, my parents are older. Yeah. You know what I mean? So a lot of people are, like most most people I went to school with are three and four generations in, in Harrisburg, but I'm only second. You know what I'm saying? Mm. My grandparents migrated here from the Jim Crow South pursuing a better opportunity yep. for life for their family. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, I didn't even think about that aspect of it, but you're 100% yeah. correct because yeah. I had an older cousin that lived here. His name was Crump. He informed a lot of uh, my my earlier taste in music, and he was hardcore East Coast everything. Mm-hmm. And I remember we had cousins, my cousin Barrington uh, and his brother uh, D-Boy. They came up here from Atlanta, and they were really heavy into Outkast and Scarface mm-hmm. and UGK. And I, I'll never forget, they converted my cousin. <laughs> they, they converted him. <laughs> Ain't that funny because, how that happened? Yo, real shit. It was, it was the Outkast AP Aliens album. I'll never forget. They sat and they, they made him listen to it. 96. They made him listen to it. And I remember my cousin being so apologetic. Like, yo, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I did not know. I, I rem- You know, I'm, I'm five, six years old. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, but, I'm, but these are my idols. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm studying they every move. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. they like, nah, listen, my nigga, you gotta listen to the ACLs. I'm telling you, yeah. this shit is like that. And I listen. remember my cousin was, he was an outcast fan ever since. Listen, yeah, he was like, listen to that boy Dre. When you listen yeah, to oh that man, when when that first Outcast album came out, I used to sit in my room. I had an old school kind of like boombox with like a piece. It was a piece by piece, but I only had one speaker. I used to sit there and listen to that shit with the lights off and the equalizer buttons would be the only light. Oh, wow. Zone, zone out listening to Crumbling Herb, the, that first uh, album. And woo-wee. then when I heard when I heard Deep and I heard Andre just go off at the very last verse and shit. Y'all think I'm stupid because I shoot some up like Cupid and if you give me a basketball, I'll show you how to shoot it. I just alluded because yeah. I'm booted bobbing to the bottom. If a pair of Jordans came out, y'all figure that I got them. That I got them. I said, yeah. <laughs> I was like, do you hear this, dude? I was, I couldn't believe he was from the South. It was, it was one of those situations where it's like, if dudes are so nice, you can't believe they're from the South. Like if South is slow niggas or something. It's terrible. Yeah, so it terrible. is terrible. And you're going to kill me. I'm probably going to lose my Harrisburg pass for this, but I've never heard UGK riding dirty. <laughs> Look, you about to hang up on me. He about to hang up on me. What? But but I can memorize. But I can memorize. Tell me something good on, off the the uh, too hard to swallow pause album. I know they whole first album though. Why why didn't you get why didn't you look into Ryan Dirty? That's that's what everybody says that. But I already had my dose of UGK because well, luckily for me when I when I moved here I moved uh, eighteen twenty three State Street. So I was next door to the bootleg man. Shout out to Shakur. Oh, okay. So I got a whole bunch of this South shit by happenstance. He would just give us the, the bootleg tapes that he didn't sell. Sometimes he would just give it to us for free. So I'd have yeah. a whole, I have like five hip hop uh, tapes that I have no idea who the fuck these people are because I'm so East Coast biased or East Coast centric. 
Yeah. And, and you got to think, I came from Boston. So, I mean, shit. We didn't, we didn't listen to that shit at all. But that, uh, some group called the Goats. Uh, what else? It was it was a couple of Southern Top Authority, which was a Harrisburg staple. A lot of people don't even know about that shit. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, I heard the name. Yeah. Oh, I gotta play you. I had to pop it. I'm gonna send it to you because you got iTunes. So I mean, you got uh, yeah. Apple Music. That was I would have never heard half of the the South of the Midwest stuff if I didn't move here. I probably would have been an East Coast snob sympathizer yeah. if I had I stayed in Boston. But that's and, what I'm saying. And you'd have missed out on a lot of great music. Yes, I would have missed out on a lot of it because that outcast when that I was like, shit, where are they from? I was like, God damn. But then around that time too, fucking Biggie dropped that the the fucking single, uh the juicy single, but I didn't give a fuck about that. I give a fuck about the B side, which was unbelievable. And I heard wow. him, I was like, Oh my wow. God. I was like, Oh shit, somebody might got Nas. I was like, he might have got <laughs> I was like, he might have got him and shit. But Ray Kwan and them when they dropped the purple tape. They they almost shut everybody. They almost shut up Biggie, for real. Like you might not yeah. like now because Biggie's dead and Biggie has this fanfare because he died. But when he was alive, right. he knew his rivals was Raekwon and Ghost and Nas. Those yeah. was Biggie's rivals. Jay Z was still an afterthought. He was still, you know, yeah, yeah he wasn't he coming wasn't up him there. yet. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. him yet. And and the boy A Z. Yeah. I always thought A Z would be like when you mentioned the trifecta, the Biggie, Jay Z, and Nas. It should yeah. be a square because it should be Biggie, Jay Z, and Nas and AZ because lyrically, right, right, right. lyrically and wordplay wise, he could fuck with all of them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think AZ uh, shit shoving, I had, uh, shoving the snub nose and buttholes. I'm not so schizo petro killing shit up throughout the metro. My drug essence, my drug essence will always keep me plugged with drug investments. Sketching my reference, taking papers consider preference. Come on. AZ, AZ was AZ was somewhere else with it lyrically. Lyrically, what literally. held him back? I, <clears throat> I think what what held him back was, uh, you know, there, there's there's more to this music shit, as you know, yep. than as a as a former producer than lyrics. And I think mm-hmm. his ear for production was not always the greatest. Uh, they said about know, Nas too, though. Well, in the later yeah, years, yeah, for sure. Yeah, not Nas for sure, but I think Nas had the big budget. You know what I'm saying? He had this glossy track master shit right for there right you know there. what i'm saying but see but uh, in, on, have that. you know what's funny though he actually did because not the first album but the second album pieces of a man pieces was all man, produced by track, track masters, masters. Yeah. it was all track masters damn near yeah. except for uh uh les maybe made one or two but that album was hot too but i don't think uh what az lacks and, and i'm gathering it from these last two interviews he just did on bag fuel and on yeah. um Back to a math half of my expert opinion, he said on there's like I'm not with he's not with the doing going above and beyond with promotion and shit. He's just like yeah, I'm yeah, the MC. Yep. It's your yeah. job to market it, and that's it. I don't have to do any more. So I always think it was because of yeah. that. But it, then again, it could always be uh, record label situations too, because every record company that he went to and signed to, sometimes they folded, and sometimes they like a yeah. lot of times they yeah, said that they folded. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think he was I, willing to go above and beyond the, promoting himself. And, and AZ, I was a big AZ fan, so Man. I bought, I bought the come up in in high school. You know what I'm saying? I'm in high school when that shit comes out. I bought format. Um, the format one was that shit. Format was hard, I, 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 and I have the pieces of a man album as well. And of course, I have 
uh, do or die. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was, I, I was always big on going back and, and, and doing, and I got Asiatic. So I, I have, I got, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got pretty much all the, like the, the essential AZ joint. Mm-hmm. I have hard copies of, you know what I mean? He was always the guy, but, uh, I think, I remember when I came, you know, I'm young. So when I heard of AZ, it was around the time Asiatic. Like when okay. he's coming into my consciousness, you know what I'm saying? Third album. Third album. Yep. Asiatic in 2002 when he got I'm Back. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember shit. he was on Rap City and they said the nigga name was AZ. And I was like, oh, this is some knockoff Jay-Z nigga. Nigga named <laughs> AZ, you know what I mean? But I'm not really doing the knowledge because yeah. I didn't know that AZ was out before Jay-Z. I just know. Jay Z is out of here, mm-hmm. and here this nigga saying his name is AZ. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, both so from Brooklyn I, uh, too. Both from Brooklyn too. So I, yeah, I, I see where you could have got that. Yeah, I, I thought he was like a Jay Z knockoff. I, <laughs> I, I didn't know what the deal was, but it's I got so educated good. quick because my cousin had burned me a copy of AZ Attic. Mm. And I mean, I remember I was stuck on that. Uh, I'm back was hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to be there was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to join the essence on there with Nas, which was hard. Well, that's how you live. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's how, how you're living. You're right. You're right. What's that's the essence of a man? Oh, there it is. Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. That beat didn't move me that much, so it didn't register that that quickly. Didn't right. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. I got. It. Yeah. Now, how you living is crazy. How you living? Is- Hey. Okay, everybody that's, was now that was playing out of everybody's car back then. That really? that one that one was, well in the cars I was in and shit. By that time I did have my own car, so yeah, that that was a banger. My brother yo, was banging I, I that shit. Yo, experiencing that in real time as it was a new record, like that is the ultimate. Like I'm glad you yo, said that. You, you cannot have on no bullshit when you listen to how you live. You got a yeah. fresh haircut. You gotta have that shit on. You know what song makes me feel like that too? It's funny you said that. You know what song makes me feel like that too? Where it's like, I, you have to wear a tux or something to be fresh for it. Uh, fucking Jay Z, the uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yo, far too kind. Too kind. Yeah. That shit yeah. just reminds me of like if you pull up to a prom with that or something. You just yeah. super fresh and something like yeah, thirty yeah. and up and shit. You know, or one of the cigar lounges because you like cigars right. and shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's some casual shit too. See, that's, that's an underrated song. Yes, it is indeed. Uh, but it's funny how you said living in the living to experience that shit. Yeah, that's the funny thing I have about Little Wayne, yo. I don't, I don't put Little Wayne on that super, 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 super high pedestal. Right, right. But that's be, but I have reasons for that. One, the East Coast bias thing. One, two, when Lollipop and all that shit came out, and that was when Uh-oh. he was really getting on it. I was working at the Music Man, so imagine having to hear that shit constantly, constantly, and everybody coming in and asking for it and shit. So then I was like, "What's the deal?" Like I was like, "Okay, he stepped up his game. He rapping and shit. He rapping, rapping." And everybody was like, "You ain't heard Carter too? You got to go back and listen to Carter too." And I didn't like the beats, so I didn't really get yeah. into his wordplay or nothing like that. Yeah, uh, I think with Little Wayne, um, you know that obviously that's definitely my era. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Little Little Wayne though. I was sort of at this time. I'm really married to my allegiances to Jay Z. <laughs> he and said allegiances. And, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like so teams. Like, You're loyal to your squad. Yeah. Yeah, and and Little Wayne, he was more. He got rec- He's a legend for his work ethic, just for the mm-hmm. sheer output. I mean, every fucking. It mm-hmm. seemed like every. You have no week, idea. 
in high school from 10th, from 9th grade to 11th grade. It was a new Little Wayne mixtape, a Little Wayne verse. A Little and Wayne Gangsta Grills. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just, it was just hard to sustain. It wasn't about the quality. It was just about the fact that he stayed in people's faces. He, every popular song that came out, if the instrumental came out, Lil Wayne was going, he, he was, he was going, he uh, took the put 50 his, cent route with it. On it. Yeah. He took the 50 so, cent you know, route I, with I think that, you know, I always say, and, and you can tell me, uh, whether or not you agree or disagree. Mm-hmm. The, the five greatest, greatest and favorite are two different things. Now, music is subjective. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's, it's you know, only thing we have to quantify is record sales. So I, yeah. I don't I don't want to you know get too much into that because that it's, this is hip hop and that's some Republican shit you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. who sold the most you know what I mean but the greatest yeah. impact and run I always say now mind you let me preface this again these are not my favorites by a long shot you're just going by the times and the numbers and shit yeah. I'm just going by impact and measurable impact. Just you know, refuse to be denied. Yeah, I got Jay Z for his run in the early two thousands, like late nineties, from ninety eight, from Hard Knock Life. You got 2001, it. Two thousand one, two thousand two. I would say album every summer. Yeah, yeah. This is no no particular order. Eminem when he bursted onto the scene, mm-hmm. he was undeniable. Drake still. Still, Drake might have a longest. He might he, be the he longest. Is. He's the king. Ever. He's the longest run ever. Period. He has it. He has it. Drake. So we got Drake, Eminem, Jay Z, Little Wayne, and I always leave the fifth spot open. I, I don't know. I don't know if you can say Kanye. 50. I, I have 50. no idea. Oh no. shit! 50. Yeah. Damn, you forgot. Yeah, yay. I think Yay has the best four album run ever. From from college dropout to uh, college dropout. Late registration, Grad, graduation, late registration, graduation, graduation, yeah, and heartbreaks because that was a game changer. And because he evolved he with everyone, with he changed the game over and over and over and over. That's what we had a discussion on here one time about that too. Like, who has a better long album run discography with jam packed like potent uh-huh. shit? And it's uh, he's he's damn near unstoppable. Kanye is damn near unstoppable. Because everybody yeah, yeah. else, everybody else has little misses and chinks in between the albums. Like, right. even if you want to go with Fifty Cent, Fifty Cent is the future. Even if you want to go from the mixtape to you know Get Rich or Die Trying to uh, what was the other one? The the, the second one, the, the Massacre. Uh, the mass and then, well, well, before the Massacre was the Bank for Mercy G Unit compilation. Yeah, you could put that in the run. Too. He had a he you had they had a run for a second too. But then I think Fifty just got on his me 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 me. <laughs> You know? Would you give it to? So if you have to give it to, so, so do you have any problems with the four? Number one, nah, I, nah. I would throw Yay Ye up three. in there. I would throw Yay as the fifth. Yeah, five. Hmm. Yeah, the five. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because Wayne. That's, so that's what you what said. I, always say. I agree with you, Wayne. He might not be to me in the super top top lyricist. Like, oh my God, he's one of the best dudes I've ever heard. Grab a mic and say something out of it. I don't put him right. up there like no, that. No, no. A lot of people, are like, yeah. oh, he's an alien because he rapped a lot. But if you want to go off a of strictly volume, he's up there too. But there's another one. He has the marketing of a Universal Records, which is the biggest record label in cash money. Yep. And you, he has yep, yep. million dollar, multi million dollar budgets for all his albums because. You know who else put out that much volume? 
Papoose has as many mixtapes as Lil Wayne, but nobody knows it. Right. right. All, them K-Slay, all them K-Slay mixtapes, but Papoose is yeah. only subjected to the East Coast bubble. And yeah. that's where this, this shit differs, whereas he has, um, Wayne has the promotion, has cash money, has universal records to put him up over everything. And he's easier to digest than a yeah, New York nigga, a conscious New York nigga. Because that's yeah, what Papoose that's not, that's is, is is expert on substance. He yeah. might not be an expert on making hit records, but he's an expert on right. substance. And you got to think about that time around 2008 and shit. Lil Wayne was the perfect nigger prototype for them. Ah, a black dude, a black no. dude, yo, a black dude with tattoos all over his body, his face, dreads, yeah. with his shirt off all the time. He that was the perfect nigga stereotype right there. That he was nigga the perfect didn't own a shirt archetype. From 05. That nigga didn't own a shirt from 05 to 2010. Yeah, did you have, <laughs> <laughs> did you ever hear the shot that Doom took at him? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Out of work jerks since they shut down Chippendales. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. You took it there. I was thinking that he, uh, what up? All rappers shut up. Yeah, the same song. It's the same thing. Sit with a button up. Yuck. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. That's the one right there. Yeah, nigga, the stripper males out of work jerks since they shut down Chippendales. Chippendales. Yeah. Chippendales. Sons, Doom, Tipping Scales. Something that does something when I work off the shipping sales. Yeah. Yeah. Now that was, that's a Doom, Doom, Doom. Now listen, again, that's also, that's my era. That's my era. That's when I started getting to the underground scene. Doom's 04. Mm hmm. Uh, yo, that 03, 04 run, that nigga dropped that. I know we, and I know we nerding out, but fuck it. This is yeah. Gonna, yeah. No, it's you know meant to go on, it's meant to go on tangents. So fuck yeah. Dog, dog. That, so Victor Vaughn, the Vaudeville villain album. Mm hmm. Nobody, a lot, of, a lot of people talk about that. I, I think that's fucking fire. So, Vaudeville villain. Then he dropped Mad Villainy. Yeah. Then he dropped Mm Food. Mm Food. That was the Ooh. one right there. That was the one. That Mm Food one was the one that did it for me. I was like, who the fuck is he? Yeah. I you ain't like Mad Villainy? Yeah, I had to go back in it, but I was still stuck on oh, Mm Food okay. so much. Okay. I have it damn near memorized, that Mm Food album. And the fact that. That song, that beef rap, that sample that's in there, you uh, don't know it, but that's from a car. That's from Spider-Man and his amazing friends. I used to watch that cartoon yeah. when I was five. So right. the fact that he used that sample, I was like, oh, shit, I couldn't believe he did it. And, yeah, and he would always old sample thing. old. Yeah, because he was always sampling yeah, old Marvel shits. So because of the character. Yeah, that made me like him even more and shit. But yeah, we, we kind of spinning off everywhere. But <clears throat> I kind of... um want to reel it back into your um when you started developing or when was your first performance like in front of people and shit was you shitting bricks or was it a talent show was it high school or what what was it so or was it the barbershop like no it was just before the barbershop so i I was like uh you know i always play i played sports when i was a younger kid and uh, as every harrisburg motherfucker does except for me yeah (laughs) I wasn't I wasn't very good, um, and I used to get made fun of a lot. You know, you coming up around, especially when you coming up around black kids, man. You know, you're not gonna be not good at something and not hear about it. It's fucked up. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know was you I mean? was you up there? Was you up there when 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 were you playing sports when Shady was playing sports? Yeah, that's sir, before my time. Me. Yeah, that was before my yeah. time. Yeah, so I mean, after my after, time. I'm sorry. After your time, yeah. But no, yeah, that was I was the height of the Shady era. So I mean, okay. yeah, I was not very good at sports. And like I said, everybody let me know. Uh, it was very bad. So, <laughs> oh, uh, 
rapping was something that I could work on by myself. I could get better at it by myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to. So when I, and I knew what I liked to hear, you know what I mean? Because yep. I'm a student of Jay-Z and Nas, you know yep. what I'm saying? So yep. I know what sounds good to me. So I just waited until I felt like I was comparable. You know what I mean? Okay. Whatever comparable was in my 13, 14-year-old mind. Mm. So then I started to... Um, so this is 2004, give or take, 2004, Yes, like 03, 04, you know what I'm saying? I'm so Get Rich or Die Trying is out around that time. I, I use I use yeah, albums yeah, to timestamp like periods. In, in, Me too. All right, cool. So around that they're, era. They're good units of measure. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. So, so yeah, definitely after Get Rich or Die Trying... Um, this is like college dropout. Yep. You know what I mean? All of uh, a black album was really big for me at that time. So mm-hmm. now I'm getting the confidence to rap in front of people in school at gotcha. lunch. And pe- and at this time, you know, even back then during them times, people forget we fresh out of the nineties. Mm-hmm. Fresh out of the nineties. Everybody didn't rap. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, not everybody, everybody was, was doing not it. A I was like one of, of maybe two or three other people in the whole entire school that rapped and took it serious. It's the same you know thing. I mean? Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's a- so, you know, uh, it was it was a prestigious thing. It was an honorable thing. And that became my thing. It's okay. I can't I can't play basketball. I'm not that good. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not just good on the football field. I'm not going to make it to the major leagues in baseball. I love mm-hmm. sports, but I, I'm not. This is my thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that was around that time. And then I did my first show. I got on stage for the first time in the summer of 05 with my man Maison. That's another you know dude that, like, I hear his his name kind of rings. But if he walked right by me right now, I wouldn't know who he is. You wouldn't know who he was. But yeah. everybody's been saying that he's one of the nice ones up there, too. And that's yeah, your, that's your sure. that's your that's your right hand that's your right hand man. Yeah, that was yeah. I came up with him. He, Got he's you. two years older than me, so you know. Uh, but I met I met that nigga at, at Hershey Park one time. He he went to Central Dolphin High School. Okay, so he's, he's a little further out the way. He went to CD High School, but he was in Milton Hershey first. So I had always heard his name, you know, Mazon, 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 and I had, it was uh, one of my homies, Darian. He uh, came to East from Central Dolphin. So he like, yo, it's this nigga named Maison, bro. This nigga is crazy. You need to meet this nigga. I'm telling you, y'all nice. Like, y'all need to link up. Mm. You know? And I met this nigga at Hershey Park, coincidentally. Me and my man Jeremy at Hershey Park last day of school. Everybody from here know on the last day of school, we would all, like, conspire to go to Hershey Park. All, all the high schools, everybody would go to Hershey Park. So I met Maison there that day, and we were sick of thieves after that. Like, nice. you know what I mean? We rap for each other, and uh, I'm on his very first mixtape two times. He's on my very first mixtape, and we still collaborate. He's on my last album I just put out. You know mm. what I mean? Nice, nice. That's good. You yeah. develop that real – if you find somebody that has the same ambition and the drive as you, and y'all both right. hip-hop heads, shit, that's how me and Dula clicked. I didn't meet Dula yeah, till yeah. – I didn't meet Dula till 2000 and shit. Because uh, my man, Jay, uh, Jamie Donda, who I used to be a J-Dub with, for those who don't know, the J-Dubs is Jehovah's Witness. Some of the biggest okay. gangs on the planet, the J-Dubs. So, okay, <laughs> but uh, okay. <laughs> they started this this click called like Empire Dynasty, and uh, it was Jay Saint, uh, my man Sebram from Carlisle. He made beats. It was uh, you know Mike Shiesty from Carlisle. I uh, I don't know Mike. Shiesty. Okay, it was a dude named Mike Shiesty. This dude named Aver. I gotta play this this kid named Avarice back then. He was 
crazy. I, I was like, Black, you might have a rival. But uh, <laughs> that's where I met Dula and I met Marcus because they had like some t- like kind of like a showcase. And yeah. that's when I met Dula. And then me and Dula, I don't know how we got along. I was making beats. That's what it is. I was making beats. Uh, shout out to Scott Selby. He's the dude that trained me how to make beats. He's my okay. my Yoda. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You gotta have a Yoda. Yeah. So um, then Dula came and he said, "Make beats." They were like, "Oh, okay, okay, yeah." My man Black. Da, 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 da. So then it used to be around that 2000 to 2004. There was no bar that you would see Dula that you wouldn't see me and, and Marcus, me and Black. Yeah. There was we was it was us three literally everywhere. I'd get off of work yeah. from Holiday Inn, go scoop Marcus. And he was living, um, Dula, uh, Marcus was living with Dula at the time. So go scoop them up, go hit up all the local bars and just hang out literally every night. That was my whole life. And Dula <laughs> was working, Dula was working at the music man. So we'd go hang out with him, wait till he closed lock up. Then we go hit the bars, even though you don't drink. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. But, Anyway, say that to say it's always good when you finally find somebody and you click with and then you start collaborating and shit because it'd be off to the races yeah, after yeah, that. Yeah, that's my guy. So, so yeah, to this know, day, Maison is is still one of the top ones because I always hear him in the top fives of Harrisburg. And I was like, how yeah, have I never Maison heard of him? Was, yeah, Maze was, he, he was, I mean, I remember going to a studio session because, you know, we, we, you know, after I met him, he put me on to where he records at. So then I, I, you know, the guy named King Dave, uh, Asian Japanese kid, he's nice on the mm. beat. And I remember I was coming in to record, and Maison was on his way out. And this is in 2005. And I'll never forget, I was with my homie, uh, Kurt. And, you know, I'm like nervous. This is like, okay, I'm about to start recording this shit. This nigga Maison... His mom was waiting for him outside. He was going to take him to work. You know what I mean? He was mm-hmm. working at the Manic Cafe. You know what I'm saying? On State Street. Yep, yep. And uh, he he had to finish laying something. This nigga rap with no notebook. <laughs> I remember he said, hold on, I'm about to get out your way. And I'll never forget that shit. That nigga was like, what an immaculate film. King Dave take you back to the real. True hip-hop. I'm fast like an African film. I'm relentless. I hit you with the Mac of the Steel. He's doing this, Johnny, with no <laughs> no pad, no paper, and he's 16. You know what I'm Damn. saying? And I remember me and Kurt was looking at each other like, yo, what's this thing? Is he a grown man? What the fuck? What is this? <laughs> it's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? And he did it in one take, and he... He got out of there. He got the surgery. I'm going to holler at y'all. And I was like, get the fuck Ain't out of here. Ain't that funny how it'd be like one set of bar or one rhyme that could yeah. automatically, like, I love rappers that make me say, who the fuck is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what we're going to do? I was like, this nigga got it. Yo, when I heard Marcus, man, this nigga, I'm the boogeyman. MC's running, damn, uh, MC's running hide in their closets with their book in hand. He was a rookie fam Ooh. going up against a Hall of Fame inductee. Don't ever try to fuck me. Like, like yo, shit. the That's fuck? Tough. Yeah, he was he was just ill. He what he say? Past yeah. bitches make a nigga want to smash smack bitches on some Ike Turner caliber. Slap a flames out of a crush your little melon like Galaga with sledgehammer grandma that a silence you any date on the calendar, any date on the almanac. Have your baby moms on her back licking on my sack. Never call her back. I run up in a turn and leave like a cul de sac. Them hard looks and shit talking. I don't fall for that. Like he's, he said, no. I, I simply study your hands, then distribute a deserved ass whipping that'll bloody your fans. Leave you hollowing, following, swallow your metropolitan. 
peep your baby girl with her neck back goggling, pissing cream like Listerine. I blitz your team like piss Marines. It regime alike, trying to see if you and baby girl scream alike. I was like, what oh the fuck? I heard him. I was like, all right, he's the best. Run up in a turn and leave like a cul-de-sac. Like a cul-de-sac is ridiculous. Thank you, yo. I was like, and, and this is the funny thing. My right hand man, Steve, who one of the first niggas I met when I first moved here. I'm hearing this dude rap, and it was at, like I said, uh, it was at a showcase when I first heard him, and he didn't even kick that rhyme yet, but he was still going off on the stage. I was like, and this is when I had a video camera. I still have this to this day. And I'm videotaping, and I'm like, I'm tapping Steve. I'm like, who the fuck is that? And he was like, yeah, that's Blackston. Right, right. I was like, that's, that's Mr. Blackston. I was like, who? He was like, yeah, he's he been the best rapper in Harrisburg since I would, and Steve is a year older than me. He graduated the year before I did. He graduated in 95. I graduated in 96. I was, he was like, yeah, he's the coldest nigga in Harrisburg. That was, so when Doolin met him, I was like, oh, shit, the nigga from the bank. Because he worked at the bank in the East Mall. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I knew to link up with him. And that when I would make beats, he would be the first one. He Like, he'd get all my beats for free. Like, go ahead. Go ahead. Just kill the ones right. that you like. So I did I did the title track on his out al- on both of his albums. And a couple other ones, too. Okay. I, I sent them to you, okay. whatever. But anyways. History, um, baby. History, baby. Harrisburg history. It, but it's funny how yes, me and you both, like, give me goosebumps just thinking about them days and shit, man. Like, when you hear yeah. a rapper that's so damn good like that, like, the first, like, one of the first times I heard Rock Marcy, he said some crazy oh. shit like that. He said, what do he say? With half a cock hit the G spot, my queen twat is hairy like an Ewok. I still eat the box. <laughs> <laughs> Rock Marciano is He's a man. nut. He's a nut. He's ridiculous. Since we're on He's since ridiculous. we're on this, I want to ask you, who was one of the first rappers that you heard a bar like that from, whether it was a bar or a voc a voice tone, because I'm really big on voices and people always get on me be like, but do you like his voice though? Because I'm always if a person's voice is kind of funky, I don't like it. But if he has a dope voice, I'll sacrifice some of his lyricism because his voice is cold. Like Lil Wayne, the first time I heard the block is hot, I said, Who the fuck has that voice? Yeah. Him, or the first time I heard boy, yeah. yeah. And the first time you heard Freeway, like, pass the number to your stacking pool. I was like, Who is this little kid that got kidnapped in the room? They sound like a scared little boy. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Certain people who who was somebody that caught you like that that had an ill voice? Or an ill line and you was like, Who the fuck is that? Well, voices. Well, Maison, you already said Maison. That's one. Maison, Maison. Maison, Maison. I'm sorry. Maison. Maison was definitely, but, but, you know, it wasn't just voice. I mean, he he got a smooth voice, too. So it worked. He kind of like a a rock chin with smooth voice shit. You know Mm. what I'm saying? He don't really get too loud. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I I thought uh, when I was, I thought Petey Crack had a crazy, crazy style. You know what I'm saying? Bitty bitty, when you see me, take it easy. My room will be nice, squeezy. My, you know what I mean? Like the flow, ridiculous. you know what I mean? Ridiculous. It was crazy. Um, great voices. Petey Crack had a great voice. Mm-hmm. Um, shit, man. I mean, there's so there's a lot of them, man. Specifically, the voice, though. Oh, now, I wouldn't say the voice, or like just he, he spit a rhyme and you didn't know who it was, and you was like, yo, what the fuck was that? Oh man, wow. Another one too was common when he had the a dope bar. He said, 
what do you say, motion for a recess to retest my fingerprints. They relinquent since because I, I was guilty of the sense. sense. Was, yeah, yeah. He stepped up from doing the I eat easy, like when he used to do super yeah. animated. Then that, that second album, yeah, he was super animated back then, and he switched it up something crazy. We're going on a big old tangent right now. We kind of, you know, veered off from the story, but fuck that, man. There's so many, like Raekwon, yeah. mm-hmm. Raekwon. The way Raekwon would say shit, you know, <laughs> I, I when I got into that Cuban Link bag, mm-hmm. so I'm 10 years late on that. So it came out in 95, obviously, mm-hmm. August of 95. Mm-hmm. There was a commemorative edition double XL, 10-year anniversary, with Fat Joe on the cover. And on the side, it said, inside the making of Only Built for a Cuban Link. Mm. I went to the 7-Eleven in my neighborhood and I bought it. You know, I bought it to five magazines back then. That was like, you know, you Seven, know. The 7-Eleven in Pembroke? <laughs> no, nah, I was living out in Lawrence. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 7-Eleven out on Derry Street. You know got you. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. Right. So I was going, I, I would ride my bike out there and I saw that and I said, uh, I never, there was three things, two things that was special about this double XL. They gave Common a double XL rating for B. Mm-hmm. And there was the 10 year anniversary making of the Cuban Links album. So I bought that and that prompted me to buy Only Built for Cuban Links. Oh, and so you bought it after the fact. Ooh. I bought it after the fact. And you I probably it, still I'm appreciated like, it album, though. What, what, I'm like, what is this album that they told? I knew the Wu was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I knew who Tank was. But I'm like, okay, I got to check this Cuban Link shit out. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I bought Cuban Link and Raekwon's style. I I just thought he, on that album in particular, you know, back in the days, bagging crack, scraping plates, flipping cakes, two of them heavy head niggas, hate and Jake, four the wall, those. Like, yeah. I just thought his, the way he said things. Mm-hmm. I just thought the way he would he would flip his syllables and you know bagging cracks, scraping plates, flipping cakes. Like I thought that shit was ridiculous. Yeah. I thought that shit was ridiculous. His you know slang, I mean? his slang. You know, I just caught one of his bars five years ago. I I never forget. He said, "A niggas blessed this eight and a half Bally banana twist." I didn't know what uh-huh. the fuck he was talking about. Then I like <laughs> size eight. He size eight and a half Bally banana yep. twist means a marble marble wallaby shoe with yellow. Yep. With yellow and blue, or yellow and white, or yellow and white. Yeah, I was like, "Yo, I'm telling you, man." He's- Raekwon was one of them that made me. Uh, and then what? Now, now I'm in this Wu chamber. This is all around the same time. Mm. Uh, Jizzle, genius. Oh my god! So you talking about? I'm just saying, like, shit that had me floored when I heard Jizzle mm-hmm. on Cuban Link. My niggas don't get mad. I got mad songs of my own in my hands. My my hands grip the chrome microphone. microphone. Bodies of coilish shotties. Frequencies that keep the train like odd. (laughs) I'm on track. I'm forced to act split back. Visible like dope fiend tracks. Sky's the limit. Niggas are timid. Nobody knows how most of sheep's clothes. Microchips and software, underground and off air, the land of the lost, the notorious the henchmen from, notorious the from the north, Mason Dixon, Lion Cross. I didn't know what that meant at the time. I learned it later. I was like, Jesus Christ, he's <laughs> he killed everybody on that. He bodied everybody. Yo, 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 yo. 
And I then, said, who is this nigga? Yeah. When you heard verbal intercourse, when you heard that first Nas verse, that on there. See, Nas is already my guy. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I was already a Nas fan, so nothing he really, I mean, it was obviously the verse was, was hard, but. I can fold the scroll. Yeah, plant seeds to stampede the globe. Jesus Christ, he was. Then my seeds arrived like Jesus. It's like a cycle. Niggas go home, some will go in, do a bullet, come back, do the same shit again. That was so real back then. I remember when he got the quotable for that. I was like, he earned that. Oh, you got the gave the source quotable for that. He should have got it. That he got hard. it twice. That no, I, let me see. Yeah, he. I think he got it twice. He got it that time, and then he got rhyme of the year for um, uh-huh. "I Gave You Power" for the last verse of "I Gave You Power." That he was one. Got of, it for that. That was one of the first rhymes that exploded my head at towards the very end of it when he said, "My creation was for blacks to kill blacks." It's cats like me that accidentally, accidentally go off, go off making niggas memories. memories. And that the reason that guns jam is because the gun feels bad about killing so many black people. Like yeah. the mind fuck of all that just was like, yeah, I was, that was like, deep. holy that was deep. The fact that he thought about that. And then he said, I feel somebody else grab me. Damn. And he just he ended it like he that. Done. He left it open ended. Yeah. Like that. I was like, oh my. I was like, he's the best. He got it. He got it. Yeah, because, you know, you got a body on a nigga put a body on a gun. They get rid of it immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let me tell you how much I love Nas. Look. Oh, yeah. You see that, right? There you go. There you yeah. go. Yeah. 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 That's huge, too, by the way. I had that custom made. That's that's like four, almost, no, nah, not four feet, like three feet by like three by three feet, something like that. Okay. That's how much I love that album. I've had that hanging up in my wall in this house, my other apartment, my other apartment. Shit. Yeah, but um, legendary, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the greatest of all time. That he's my, he's in my top three. It's it's Rock Him Nas Pun, everybody else. Right, right, right. Those are my there three. When go. I heard Pun, when I heard Pun too, that yep. twisted me. I was about to say he's another one. When I when I heard Capital Punishment, um, you know, again it just it, it reshaped. So I, it just made me reevaluate. So that's okay. So I think, like I said, your original question, like those were guys that made me rethink what the limitations of rapping could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jizza did that. Jizza did that for me with just the way that he would phrase, uh, like his his vernacular. Like you know, what I'm mm-hmm. saying he was very verbose, but but it wasn't it wasn't too wordy to where that it was like ah shut up. He wasn't annoying with it, yeah. He was not. He was not. It wasn't like he was just trying to show off how verbose he was, or you know what I'm saying. Like he he wasn't just gratuitous with 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 big words. Like mm-hmm. he was. It, he, he wrote with purpose. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, Raekwon, he amazed me with his slang. Him and Ghostface both. Like they would say things that no one else would say they 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 had their own mm-hmm. way of phrasing things and i'll be like damn like most niggas would have just said this you know what i'm saying but they took but like, it in like raekwon said twisted he it. said sit back cooling like kalua's on rocks haunted crack spots rubber Blue band rap, rap all, all my knots like that combination of words like <laughs> haunted crack spots you know yeah. what i'm saying like he, he keeping it real like this shit is scary nigga like stay in the house yeah <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. like <laughs> That you know they they had colorful language. Uh, pun, 
Yeah. Yo, pun yo, had so pun, many bro. of them. He was, he was the quotable king. He got the most hip-hop quotables and the most short-lived life. He had, he had at least four. That's crazy. Yeah. They, they had to keep giving him. I mean, what? Verbal attack, tactical tracks, match perfectly with graphical stats. Yeah. What the? F- that's on that uh lyric. That's on that. What's that? That's on that super, super lyrical, lyrical Black Thought. Yeah. Yeah. But that that was oh. the cleverness of Black Thought on that album on that song yeah. too, because he saw how ill Pun came with it. He was like, you know what? I'm never gonna try to compete with you. I'm just gonna right. say my first. Yeah. It's like yeah. he recognized it and shit. But now, uh, Black Thought's another one too, man. Later in his career. Oh my god. Um, when I heard seventy five bars, Black Reconstruction. Um, I, was again, that on the Roots I, I, album, or was that when he was went off and did one of his solos? No, that's on the Roots album. Mm. That's on it's on Rising Down. That on Rising uh, Down, the, okay. Uh, from the land of them straight razor face bed niggas, the hammers on their waist, send the way scared niggas. But he he oh, ain't every God. any bar with niggas. But, yeah. Ah, oh, that shit was ridiculous. Insane. I, it, shit, it ridiculous. we went on a. <laughs> We went on a crazy tangent because of our love for wordplay. We hip hop heads, man. It's that's what we what, do. And that's why I loved that's why I, I do this podcast for motherfuckers like us that are from that era or that can appreciate wordplay, mm-hmm. flow, and rhyme and like and voice patterns and shit. Let me ask you something because they always get on me about this with, with, with a certain person's voice. All right. Um are you a fan of, of Reggie Noble? Oh my god! Absolutely. <laughs> okay, okay. If you notice, I was about to say it's another one. Yeah, if you notice his first two albums, there's a dark side and uh, what the what album? the album. When his vo- to me his voice, I don't know what happened between that and Muddy Waters, but his voice pitch went Ooh. a little higher for some reason, and for some reason that annoyed me because like everybody puts Muddy Waters as the one. Yeah, that's my and, favorite. Yeah, see, and to me it's it's uh. What the oh, album? Great. We're about to have this conversation. That's great. This is great. Okay, go ahead. All right. If you listen to his voice on the first album, it's a slaughter. If you order to get without the border, it follow without yeah. the damn water to follow your mic. I do it a stupid grand and make a band at the Apollo. I rough that. Right. His voice was like a deep. I don't know if he was trying to be treach or what, but he his and voice then you was go to muddy deep. Waters and I got tic tacs in my mouth. I smoke weed too much. He yeah. fucking the fuck up when I'm hitting my gun. Back yeah. Up, back up. yeah. So I was all like, I was like, fuck, why did he change his voice? I was so mad. I was like, yo, because then you hear the one funk flex uh, freestyle. He's like, I got Tic Tacs in my mouth with a big dick. And his voice was mad high. I was like, what the fuck happened? Because at first his voice was mad deep and like and shit. Yeah, it was. But I heard I heard on the um, Eric Sermon's uh, interview on, on my expert opinion. He was saying he was saying that Redman at first was scary to people. If you yeah, think of was. that first album, though, he was, he, was, he was he was he was darker. Think about how the album start off with Doctor Travis. And thank you, Psych Ward, and mm-hmm. you know we heard you committed the same crime in three different states, three yeah. different white males. And then when you listen you know, to he, Time for Some Action, he's in a straight jacket, bleeding out his nose and an electric. Right. yeah, I guess yeah. But th- to me, that he was more he was going for more of the hardcore shit mm-hmm. when he first came out. Mm-hmm. And then Muddy Waters, he kind of so so check it out. Now, I don't know if this is a fact, but on There's the Dark Side, you know, it's paying homage to the Maggot Brain Funkadelic album with mm-hmm. his head uh, uh, in the dirt. You know what I mean? Because they had the album called uh, Maggot Brain with the chick with her head in dirt and shit like that. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, 
that was that was definitely his darkest. Like what the album was dark, but there is a dark side. It's super dark, right? And it's super underground and it's super raw. And Red Man, oh, that's so fire! <laughs> oh, that's so hard. Man. I was that's hoping so it was hard. here by the time we recorded. I was gonna wear that. That's so I made hard. that shit. So, but anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> there is a dark side. It's super dark. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, Red Man produced the bulk of it. Eric Sermon, executive produced mm-hmm. it. But Red, Red Man produced the bulk of it. And that was the reason for some people's critique of There's a Dark Side. Because Eric Sermon wasn't it. behind the board directly on a lot of the things. So on Muddy Waters, the reason why I think it's called Muddy Waters, and on the cover, he's got mud all over him, right? Sitting in a chair, legs crossed. Yep. Right. He's emerged from the dirt that he was submerged mm. in on there in the dark side. So that's, it, it, that was, I think, the entire concept is that this is going to be a cleaner, more polished, more accessible listing. You know what I mean? We're, we're out of the underground. Interesting. And it's also, it, and you know, it was also the first album for Redman to go platinum. You know what I mean? Wow. You might, you might have a point there. You might so have I a think point. It was, it was done with intention. You know, he was he was trying so hard and so obviously to be so dark and grungy and grimy and hardcore before, but that may not really be his personality. He sounds like he's probably really a funny nigga. Yes. We, as we noted. Yes. Superman lover and how And it eventually started probably. coming out more and more. You're right. You're right. Exactly. You know what? I never looked exactly. at it that and, you know, way. So that's just, that's, that's life. You know, as, you know, your, your, your frontal cortex don't stop developing on average until you're in your late 20s. You know, he was a okay, 19, SO. 20 when what he came out. <laughs> all right, you know SO, SO be saying that all the time. He was like, your front cortex wasn't developed Yo, yet. No, but that's a, that's, a, that's a scientific fact. Like, that's the part of your brain that's most responsible for decision-making. So you can become an entirely different person, you know? Mm. And I know he said on There's a Dark Side, and specifically, I'm a big Redman fan, you know what I'm saying? So I, I'm we can talk Redman all day. Three people. So he, oh, I got to get Bruce on here and my man Vinny with you. They, no, Red they swear guy. by Redman. Uh, Redman is my guy, bro. Let me so, tell you, so let me t- uh, real quick, you hold your thought. Real quick, let me tell you how ill we were uh, when what the album came out. Every period in John Harris, we, uh, me and my friend Binky, we were so hooked on that Redman first album, we would write out the lyrics. Let's say first period, I'd write out the lyrics for Time for Some Action. Second oh, period, shit. I'd show it to him. He'd show me uh-huh. the lyrics to uh, Reggie Noble meets Redman. The next period, uh-huh. we'd write out another song. We would write out the whole lyrics to the song. That's how much oh, wow. he was in love with Y'all that shit. Y'all just had a memorize. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah. man. That yeah. first Redman. album was fucking phenomenal. But I'm sorry. Go the ahead. First, the, really like the first The first three are bonafide classics to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Doc's name was dope too, but it, it wasn't on the same level. Uh, yeah. uh, at, at the first three, but yeah. I think lyrically he was at his best, like rapping wise, on Muddy Waters and Doctor Name. You know, I mean, I just think as you get older, like anything, you get better at mm-hmm. rhyming. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. might prefer the, the the more grimy, you know, style of production that was on the first two. Yeah, but I that think lyrically, yeah. like the the way he was coming off on it, I think he was at his best on Muddy Waters and Doctor Name. But, um. What I was about to say was on specifically on There's a Dark Side. I know Redman had said as much that he was under the influence of a lot of psychedelic drugs and, um, yep. he, you know, experimenting with a lot of that stuff during that time. So you're really not getting a clear, lucid, 
Redman, you know, earlier in, in his career. But you're probably getting a me- you're probably getting a mentally creative one though, because I heard them shits will spark up certain things in your brain and make you think of some other True. shit. I agree. You know, I mean, I'm of the opinion as, as a nigga that raps and I don't smoke weed. I've never smoked weed. I don't have anything against it. But yeah, um, you know, when I was like that yeah, when when, when I would have, hear people say like. You know, oh, we we uh, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't write unless something unless we getting high. It's like, I, I I was writing as a kid, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this shit is from God. Like, I, I already had this ability. I I don't need to enhance it with with supplements. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just kind of feel like you. God gave me everything I needed. You know what I mean? I remember Blackston used to try to tell me like when it, when I would have a dry spell with my beats. He was like, I'm telling you, smoke weed, man. If you smoke weed, your beats would be so much better. I was like, fuck you. I was like, fuck you, man. Shit. <laughs> he used to tell me that. I didn't smoke yeah. weed till I was 40 and shit. My mother passed and uh it was my 40th and uh I said, fuck it, let me just smoke. I was out with people that I trusted, you know what I mean? Yeah. People that I've known for over 20 years. So I was like, you know, I'll smoke it and it didn't do nothing for me. Yeah. It, ain't do shit. it, made, my, it made my throat scratchy as fuck. Yeah, I was like, yeah, and I was like, yeah, nah, that ain't for me, man. And then I tried it a second time to make sure I wasn't tripping because there was liquor involved, too, on my birthday. And then it still I was like, yeah, that just ain't for me, then. Nah, I agree. Man, weed ain't for me. I agree. You know, I, I was thinking I was thinking I would have the same effect as Lil Duval because he started smoking when he turned 42 and he loves that shit now. But uh. it, ain't, <laughs> it ain't do shit for me at all. I tried an edible. An edible just made my mouth water, made me want to eat everything. Shit. Yeah. It did, but it yeah, ain't. Shit, nah. It's not my thing either, bro. Nah. So I, I never, I don't think you need any of that. And I think that, yeah, sure, it's okay, I guess, if you want to, you know, uh, I respect your artistic ambition if you want to experiment with some stuff. <laughs> yeah. But I think that that's a slippery slope. You know what I'm saying? That's a slippery slope. You know, sometimes that can be a start you, to some you other shit. You do too much experimenting and then you, yep, yeah. and then you, 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 you go Kurt Cobain. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Because I've seen some uh, people smoke and then they that changed them. Yeah, you know, smoke yeah. something with something else in it and you ain't know what was in it, and next thing you know, you fucked. Oh my god, that That's happened to DMX. Hold up, a conversation for sure. That dust man, I thought we that was a big deal when, when I was in high school. Still, like niggas, what? niggas smoking wet and shit like that. Yeah. Wow, I, I saw, you know, I, I saw that change. I have a song about it. There's a song I have. On our streaming platforms called uh, When the Flood Came. Um, mm. uh, it's a true story, top to bottom, about uh, somebody I grew up with. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's, it's a sad, 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 sad story. Oh, I'm going to, you got to send, send me that joint. Send me that. Um, yeah, I got you. All right, let's yeah. get back. So then your rapping career, you start going. And up to, as, of, as of right now, you, because you said something at the Music Man, I was like, really? You said you put out. How many projects during the pandemic? So, um, in twenty twenty, you said alone, seven. I put out six or seven projects that year. Damn, that's when yeah. I started this podcast too in in April twenty twenty. But uh, so you a worker bee? <laughs> like you? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I love I love writing and recording. I mean, if I could afford it, I would do it full time. I, I would never stop doing it. You know, I would do it every day. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that would be your ideal. That would be your uh, your Quan, your yeah. <laughs> perfect situation. Yeah, like I mean, I like to, I like to, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a hermit. I like to get out, and experience life, and you know, I'm, I like, I like 
doing stuff like that. And that, that's what I get inspired by, you know, life, like anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, that's To me, that's, that's all the drugs I need, just being outside and having conversations with people and, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that's the song in itself, man. And Mr. Cheech wasn't uh, lying when he said music makes me high. He wasn't lying. Ah, that's a fact. You know what I'm saying? That nigga was in line, so I, I, I've always, I've never, I, you know, people would say things like, how do you think of things to write? And I'd be like, yo, I mean, as long as I wake up in the morning and then God, you know, sees it fit for me to make it back in bed at night, or I guess for me it's reverse. Wake up at night and God sees it fit for me to make it back in bed in the morning. I'm always going to, whatever happened in between there, I'm always going to have something to write about. Mm-hmm. How could I not? Absolutely. 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 You, damn, you put out, see, and I still think that that's a fucking problem that nobody has said. Yo, you heard but I told you that's my, that's not them. That's me. That's like AZ said, Matt told Matt Hoppe. That's, that's a, I'm not the best marketing and promoter. I don't mm. like walk around like, Hey, my name's Cordell and I got an album out. You should check it out. Like that's not, I'm not really, uh, mm. I made a joke about I'm that very last uncomfortable night too. doing that. I'm very uncomfortable doing that. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, and, and that's the, you know, back in the day, you could afford to be like that. It might even benefit you to conduct yourself that way. Okay. Because I'm glad you said that. You, you know, people are, that, that was in the days where people scout, label scouted talent and people wanted to develop talent. And mm-hmm. if you were an asshole, it didn't matter how talented you were. Like somebody was like, let me fuck this guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But nowadays, it's, the space is so crowded. Um, let me ask you, you something. You have to. What's up? No, no, no. I was to say, as far as that, when you said being out there like that, and AZ likes keeping that mystique. Let me ask you about another MC. Do you think that that's what held Black Thought back a little bit? Is his mystique because nobody really knows who Tariq Trotta is? Yeah, and I think that's that's why he's reaping the benefits now. I think that's why everybody knows who he is now. You know what I'm saying? Now, your yeah. girlfriend might know who Black Thought is now. She wouldn't have known. 10 years ago she knew who the roots were exactly. I don't think it was about Mystique I think it was the fact that he was a part of a band yeah. and it wasn't Black Thought and the roots it was and, the roots yeah and at one time and this is this was a debate I used to have back then in 95 too when uh, Do You Want More came out and then right. Illadelph Half-Life came out and there was a debate I was like yo I think Malik got him <laughs> oh, wow. a couple of songs Malik had him uh, listen to No Great Pretender. I'll send that to you. Listen to No Great Pretender in your no, I got, spare time. Strategist, I bet y'all niggas can't believe this. I read you like a whole avenue that's filled with meters. Yeah. <laughs> Punks, fuck your back talk. I walk it, I make y'all niggas catwalk, open my pit of venom and send them to the asphalt. I was like, all right, he got him. I was like, he got yeah, thought. <laughs> Back then, the playing field was more even, but as their careers progressed, yeah, and then you go from Philadelphia Fast Life to things fall apart, and yeah. Black started, the gap started to increase. Well, they they were saying that that was due to he developed a drug habit too, though. Right, right. right. So right. yeah, that that fucking monkey man, that monster. Yeah, man. Boy. Yeah, man. Shit. But yeah, Black Thought. Uh, yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think it was just. I think it was it had more to do with him being a part of a band. You know what I mean? I yeah. think if he would came out as a solo artist. Obviously, you would know who he was, but yeah. he's just a front man for the roots. It doesn't say when the video would come on BET, it wouldn't say Black Thought and the Roots Silent Treatment. Yeah. It says the Roots Silent Treatment. But he you was, I mean? but but he was getting his own quotables back then too, though. He got the quotable right. for uh, damn, what's the song? What's oh, the first song on Illadelph Half Life? Nah, not what, what they do. The first song on Illadelph Half Life. 
Y'all know the dynasty, oh, the roots repertoire, the repertoire, Luna Parlay with Carcio Vega Cigars. I know the flavor because me and the thugs mind the mutual. We congruent, lay on the corner with the charm unit. Uh, sections, uh, uh, not sections. Uh, sections. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was sections. Yes. He got the quotable for that. Right. I was like, oh, shit. And, but I see why, because the way he rode that beat and shit. Um, right. Yeah, we went all over the place and shit, but fuck it. Um, no, no, no. You, you good? You yeah. You talking about my my reluctancy to yeah. really no, be well, active on the... Or, on the or it could be mine as a fan, too, because... I used to be technically on the scene. You know what I mean? I was I was I was around in the circles when the NRL was formed and shit. Mike's my man. You know what I mean? When he ain't yeah. in Columbia dying half his beard blonde, you know? But, <laughs> <laughs> but like I was around it during the NRL, so I remember I let Agony borrow my Triton for God knows how long. He damn near kept that shit. Um right. and, and I remember one time Agony and Jim Beam was up in my room and shit playing with the Triton and I had an MPC and shit and I was and when I got those machines, I was intimidated by them and shit. I went back to my little Zoom joint. But um, yeah, I, I was thinking like just being on the scene that I would have known of a lot more rappers. But even though I'm slightly removed from it, but you would still think word of mouth would travel more because it wouldn't even be you at this point. Because if if like low like Chris, I know him because, of course, obviously, because Marcus, right. like I remember Chris when he was in eighth grade. So right. I don't know. Maybe I don't know that. I don't know. It, it has to be something no, within here you, that man. people don't know certain cats. You know, it's because it's it, number one. It's because my I, I'm not the, I'm not like like low budget is but not his marketing and promoting is incredible. The, oh, yeah. the fact that the music is dope is a bonus. His his work ethic, his hustle is relentless. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. There's no way. Everybody knows who he is. Everybody knows who he is because he's always in your face. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to keep scrolling past all these damn videos. You know oh, what I mean? No, I don't scroll past them. Every morning I wake up to it in my DM and I just hit add to story. So, so he, he he refuses to be denied in that aspect. And, you know, his, he has the, the, the confidence that he doesn't really care what you think about it. I, I know for me, uh, you know, our greatest strengths are often our greatest weaknesses. You know, mm-hmm. I think that the fact that I am a thinker is also why my, the music is the way that it is. You know what I'm saying? And why people always call you, you know, your songs are so creative or you're always, uh, you know, telling a story. But that's also my greatest weakness because sometimes I get in my head and I overthink and I get nervous and, you know, I'm like, oh, well, what if people don't like? I don't have you enough. You get apprehensive about it. That sounds yeah, like me. I don't have enough fucking them now. But, but Shit. I don't mind putting music out. But what did I say earlier in this conversation about music was something that I could work on behind closed doors by myself? Mm-hmm. When I'm putting music out, I'm putting six projects out. I got 15 albums out on streaming. Mm. There's no, when I upload them, that's it. I'm not in people's face watching them react in real time. You know True. what I'm saying? I don't have to bear the burden of their expectations. I'm going on Ooh, about my day. Good point. In good fact, point. I can put my, I can turn my phone off. So yes. I don't have to be bombarded with their critique or praise. But that's a strength in itself, climate, though. That's a strength in itself. Right. But in today's climate, you have to be the opposite. Not really. I think so. In order mm. to be successful, I think oh, well, you have to be constantly in people's faces pause like you have to you constantly have to be, be like hey i rap 
hey, I rap. Hey, I just dropped the it. Way, hey, I just dropped it. You're talking about the way Dame Dash said, "Beat you have to be annoying for your career. Yeah. That was, a, that was a jewel when he said that shit. You have to be annoying for your career. You was playing that Carmel City instrument. That shit is amazing, bro. Yo, I, I just hit, I just hit uh, main ingredient instrumentals. This is... I thought they couldn't pull Carmel it off City. twice. They have a two classic album run. <laughs> yes, they do. I, I, I like. I'm more partial to main ingredient because it's just smoother. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's just more smoothed out. He had a point to prove though, because everybody off the first album was like, "Oh man, all you do is know how to sample horns." He was like, "Oh yeah, right. watch this." You know, that's what it yo, was. He Caramel was proving City. a point. Ridiculous. Bro. He was. Yo, he was. Yeah, he was. He was proving a point. That's what it was. Yeah. He, he had a point to prove, and 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 let's not even get into the soul, the uh, the the uh, Pete Rock Soul Survivor album. Oh man. Come on. Yeah, man. The game, the song, he, the game. Rock one of the best, man. Yes. But yeah, nah, yeah. I think um, back to the original. The original yeah, do you think, do you like, think that you're, you're, so you think that, do you think it's because of lack of marketing that you're not more known in the city or is it just the self-hate that Harrisburg yeah. has? No, I think I am holding myself back. Really? I I, yeah, for sure. I think I, I. It's not I, because of lack of work ethic, because you have that. You already have the project to back yeah, you up. But I, I will, I will put an album out and post about it for a week, and then that's it. And that's not good enough. You know what says I'm who? I says the three hundred million other niggas that do the same thing, and nobody knows about them. You know what I'm saying? There, there, there might be a difference in quality between one person's music and theirs. But if it, it doesn't matter if nobody hears it. It's kind of like, you know. That's not true. I, mean, I, mm, I don't agree with that people part. Say, people say some of my music is classic. You know, people say I have an album called Another Love Story that people say is classic. People mm. say 717 A Love Story. First album I did, people say that that's classic. But if a tree falls and nobody hears it, does it make a sound? You know what I'm saying? But, but look at Russ. That motherfucker yeah. had, by the time you knew who he was, he was already at least 90 songs in. Yeah. And so then by the time he went actually to the majors, or by the time they actually looked at his ass, he was all like, oh, yeah, by the way, I got this whole catalog. Fuck with me. Right. And I know my worth. So you, I think you're on your, I say like the bleak line, you're one hit away. Because obviously you have the work yeah, ethic. You have the work ethic and you have the catalog. Uh -huh. And to me, in the yeah. streaming era, like you're saying, where numbers do count, you have plenty of numbers to go off of. Oh my God, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so, For sure. so that's if you just come, if you know what I mean, it could be a month from now, it could be a year from now. If you come with that one that gets noticed farther than I can't believe you said seven seventeen. I call it seven one seven. But anyway, <laughs> if it huh? reaches farther yeah. than that, or if the right person hears it, oh, you out of here, you out of here. But I guess you're yeah. saying that. You would think that uh, you're saying that you I think you come from the school of where we was like the old heads like us uh, uh, older cats. We don't like being dick riders like that. We don't like being the people say, yo, dude, yo, yo, bro. Hey, bro. Come check out my tape, bro. Bro. Here goes my mixtape, bro. Bro. Yeah. Here goes my link, bro. We can buy it, bro. Right, right. I hate I'm when white boys say bro, too. I really hate that. I hate when white boys say bro. Anyway. I'm not I'm not a good salesman. Yeah. You know, yeah. I tried to sell weed a little bit that more time. I was bad at that. You know what I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a good salesman. I'm not good at that. Yeah, it, know, I, I don't think that matters, but you have the talent, though. And sometimes it's like AZ said in that interview, too. He was like, hey, man, if your talent doesn't speak for you, then maybe this ain't for you. 
your talent should speak for you, not the antics. You know what I mean? I think that's what kind of kind of keeps, even though he he has the lyrics to back it up. The game, to me, people, the general consensus, people know game more for his antics than they do for his albums. And to me, the game has never dropped a whack album in his life. He doesn't have one whack the game album. The rapper? Yeah. Yes. No, I don't know. He, Listen yeah, to 1992. He doesn't make bad music. Yeah, he doesn't make whack music. But when you think of him, you think of a lot of antics and the whole GU not thing and all that. You know what I mean? You think of more antics than you do his lyrics and shit. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. but that's because. He, but I mean, that could also be if he didn't do those things. Maybe he fears nobody will be talking about him at all. Mm. Or you know what I'm saying? See, like, but when we he, say he, nobody. Do we mean the mainstream? That's what we mean. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think. Well, I think that's that's how he measures. It. Yeah, I, I think, think that's, that's how most people measures. measure it. They think if like you're not on, you know, rap caveat playlist or whatever, that that's the measure now. That's the new radio slot. Is a playlist. You know what I mean? I'm gonna plug your shit up, man. I I, I got to listen to more of your catalog though. Yeah, because you got a whole lot. But I, send me the one about that story about your friend. Yeah, it's, about, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to go through. That's what I'm saying. So, oh, to win the send, front game. yes, send me your top three songs and shit. I'll just shit because I'm real good friends with terminology and shit. And he, I send him yeah, shit yeah, every now and then. Yeah, I remember when term was coming out, man. Yeah, he, he's my guy. He's my guy. Then come to find out, uh, the town he grew up in—that's where my my family, some of my family from that part. And uh, he went yeah. to high school with my cousins. <laughs> okay, he's from Lawrence, right? Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my cousin was killed up there, and we went up there for the funeral. I met up with him and shit, and he was all like, "Yo, you see that house over there? Like we in front of my my uh my cousin's house." And he was like, "Yo, you see yeah. that house over there? I grew up right over there." And he was like, "You see that house over there? That's where I used to, you know, sell out of." You see that house over there? Like he he was. I was like, "Oh shit!" He was like, "Yeah, I went to school with oh, your cousin." Community. Yeah, he, yeah. He, like yeah. you know what I mean. But I met shout him. I met terminology, him. man. Yeah, shout out the term. Oh my guy. Um. Yeah, this has been a good good hip hop talk, man. I, I love having these, especially with people that know uh-huh. they shit. That's that's a rarity. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, you're gonna have to send me your, your couple of songs, man, and then I, I got to start listening to more. Though I like that one specific one that I posted. Yeah, that rhyme caught that's me. The most recent album. That rhyme caught me, and it had wordplay. I was like, okay, he knows what he's doing. Because as long as you say one clever line and it's witty and it hits. I was like, he's capable of more. Because if you could do it once, yeah. you could do it again. Yeah. It ain't it ain't that, you know what I mean? Oh, this shit. Yeah. They don't make shit like that anymore, B. The Bob James sample. <laughs> you know Yo, what I'm crazy. Dooley used to test me on shit like that, too. He's like, where that sample from? Go find it. <laughs> he used to t- oh, Dooley was like my producer coach. Scott Selby taught me the technical that. parts of sampling, but Dooley's the one that would teach me about the records specifically yeah that's dope yeah so he's a historian man he know he's, he's a he's a knowledgeable guy mm-hmm. yeah i still remember we, we went up to buckwild studio in the bronx because he used to kind of manage him so to speak and we're just sitting there and i'm seeing the plaque of big pun capital punishment or jay-z lucky me and i'm seeing yeah. all these shits and then he had all these bronx dudes come in and the last one that walks in is i was like oh shit that's the dude frenchy from uh, cocaine dvd yeah, came in, dapped everybody up, was courteous, uh, cool, and everything. I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. Later on, he he becomes to be big, super French Montana and shit. Right, yeah, right. It was crazy, man. I have a lot of New York stories with Doula that was nuts. 
But um, New York is the place. That's where it has where it all happens. Well, it used to be. Now it's like right. now now they want to be Chicago. I don't get that, but Bronx I, drill, I Bronx drill, Brooklyn drill. So basically, you're saying Bronx Chicago, Brooklyn Chicago. That's what you're really saying. And New York yeah, niggas I mean, always come up with an excuse as to why it ain't that, but it is that. Right. You're using the same yeah, I'm not, that's, vernacular. I'm not well versed enough on the uh, on the drill shit. I mean, yeah. it's just not for you know what I'm saying. Exactly. It's not for me. Exactly. Not for me. Shit. Okay. Anything? Anything you but, want? What's your latest project, though? I want you to promote that. Though. You don't like promoting, but at least say the name. Oh no, two. this is appropriate because we're on a platform. Yeah, my latest. <laughs> I just put out a project on October 6th called Turquoise. Um, you know, Cordell. You know, look up Cordell Turquoise. On all streaming platforms that'll pop up, um, eight tracks. Um, yeah, man, that's, that's my most recent work. I'm gonna be on stage this weekend at the district um, at the Grown and Hilarious show. Mm. Uh, rock, rocking, rocking a few joints off of that. You know, if anybody listening, pull up to the district on Saturday. Uh, what time? And then I'll be uh, seven o'clock. I'll be there. PM. I'll be there. And then next Saturday. Uh, we're opening up for EPMD, myself, Low Badget, Reef Hustle. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We're going to be opening up for EPMD. I'm going to be, be there. I'm going to show you something. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. So, yeah, man, that's what I, I mean. I'm at underscore Jeff Cordell on Instagram. Um, yeah, man, lots of music. There you go. There you go. Death Squad. I'm or wearing this. Squad. I'm wearing this Thank there. You. I was hoping it would have got here on time, and it did. So, thank God. Yeah. I had ordered that shit like a month ago. Um, I yeah, I'll, shit, I'll be there at the district on Saturday then. Shit, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, it and, should be good. They do the jokes and shit. It's like kind of like a, uh, you know, they 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 do the uh, like eighty five South Live kind of thing where they they kind of crack jokes on each other. And then my man Rich, who was also at the panel, yep, you know what I'm saying He's framework on Rich, framework yeah, Rich, framework Rich, a legend. Hmm. That was my first favorite rapper from Harrisburg. Man. Really, you know. Yeah, yeah, that was my guy. I looked up to Rich a lot as far as the music is concerned. So, um, I I can show you a picture of him. I can show you a picture of him when he was a little scrawny. Like he had to have been maybe in sixth grade, seventh grade with braids. Ah, <laughs> I got an old picture because I used to talk with to one of his peoples and shit back yeah. in the day. <laughs> yeah, I knew him for way back. He, he, uh, you know, it's hard. I'm I'm one of the few people that can get. Uh, Rich, rich on a verse in, in 2023. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's 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 hosting the event. His his event, and you know he's, he's always going to close out. He's a good promoter. Yeah, he is. Rich is the man. Rich is the man, and, and a talented rapper. And I wish you know more people were aware of how talented he was on the mic. But it's just not his. You know, he was in a group with my cousin back in the day. Do you remember? It was it was him. It was uh. Do you do you know Marcos or well, Tito Sosa? Yeah, that's my cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm no so. I know yeah, so. That's my that's my first cousin. Him. They used to think I was his dad when I used to pick him up from middle school. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. They say they say uh, right by my baby mom. They, yeah, they in the same complex. Oh, yeah. right up there. Yep, yep, yep. That's where my aunt lived. Yeah. And shit. Yeah. He uh he used to be in a group with Rich. That's how I knew Rich way back then. That they had to have been in like yep. maybe eighth grade. Maybe yeah. No, I remember seventh, all of that. Grade, I yeah. remember all. And of it was that. the other the skinny yeah. dark skin dude. I forget what the other one's name was. Shit. But it was a it was a trio at one point. But yeah, yeah, Rich stuck with that nah, shit man. too. <laughs> Rich, Rich is my guy, man. So yeah. so yeah, he's gonna be there, and we're gonna uh, do the two joints that he's on on mm. Turquoise. 
So you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's what made you be, call it turquoise? I always get a little, like I said, I get a little nervous. Huh? What made you call it turquoise? Um, number one, it was my favorite color, and <laughs> okay. the theme behind it was that I wasn't trying to just like uh, it's very fitting because we're on the what's the name of this podcast yeah not overthinking it just doing this shit yeah. so that's what I wanted to do because everything I, I did before was so intentional you know mm. what I'm saying and uh, you know I, I wanted to try to like not a freestyle approach because I still wrote you know what I mean I wrote everything but I wrote uh, you know this is sort of some nerd uh, uh, hip-hop shit that maybe, you know, when my career goes to the next step, it might be uh, a valuable piece of information. I wrote turquoise in a turquoise notebook and turquoise gel ink because you can't erase ink. So now I can't overthink it because I once it's it's there, it's there. And I don't like talking a bunch of shit out. You know what I'm saying? So that was the Mm -hmm. theme behind this project. Gotcha. And um, yeah, and there was a guy, uh, one of my one of my uh, favorite rappers also from uh, like the later in like 2010 his name was Dom Kennedy and he put out a project called The Yellow Album in 2012 that really 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 had a huge impact on me and I remember him kind of taking the same sort of approach like it's just you know it's just it, he said he was in the studio recording and he had a gold uh, bottle of crystal and he said you know he had a watch on like a gold Rolex and some shit and he was, the lights was off and he was like yo all the fly shit in the world is, is yellow mm. you know what I mean so we gonna call there it go. yellow album as simple as that so I just sort of it was like an, it was sort of like an homage to him and it's also my favorite color and uh yeah that's that's what it was that's why I called nice. it purple. nice nice well, ladies and gentlemen, go pick up Stream Turquoise on all yeah. uh, streaming platforms, you know, and uh, his name is Cordell Harris, but do you just, do they really call you LL Cordell? Only Badger does, because okay. I put out a project, again, I'm the man of many projects, I put out a project last, this year on Valentine's Day called LL Cordell, as a tribute to LL Cool J. Got you. All right, and cool. And it sort of stuck. Yeah. <laughs> He's the only one that calls me that. Only okay, that. okay. See, because I don't want to, you know what I mean? If it's a nickname you ain't fond of, I don't want to say that either. No, I don't, I'm, hey, man. Because Dula referred to you as that as well. That's why yeah, I was asking. LL yeah. Cordell, fuck you. Okay. LL <laughs> Cordell, ladies and gentlemen. And not to be mistaken with a younger version of Chad from the district. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, that's still folks for me. That, that that was just uh, I was funny. like, yeah, because I was like, that ain't Chad. Chad would have said something, goddamn it. But uh, <laughs> I was like, he related to him? Shit. But uh, nah, thank you for uh, for coming on, man. This was a, a great conversation. It's always good to have certain cats that have that that knowledge of that error, or even have the wisdom of it, or even put that much into their craft of what they're saying. They're not, and the fact that you ain't doing it like chasing a hit. And you ain't doing it yeah. for like, oh, hey, look at me. Look at me. I want the the, the, the clout. Nah, and it's funny how they use that clout nah. word like it's new. That word is old as shit. Uh, yeah, word's been forever, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um. Speak your clout, gangstar. Exact. Thank you. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that. You beat me to it. Shit. Yeah. Uh, I have an idea for you, too, that I t- I'm going to tell you off mic in, 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 okay. in reference to something like this. Since you got okay. how many projects? 
Shit. Oh, I already know where you're going. Yeah, ah. yeah, exactly. Ah. We, yeah, we'll discuss that. It, it, it ain't nothing. Yeah. It's nothing. It's nothing to make it. It's nothing. Okay. So, okay, yeah. yeah. This has been uh, another episode of the Don't Overthink It podcast. Um, my man Cordell in his house. It was great to, to get to know this cat, man. For, for me to just speak to him for the first time on Saturday, and it's Wednesday, and we already chopping it up on some hip-hop shit and I always say this on this podcast over and over again. Hip hop is the ultimate unifier. There's nothing else that unifies people more. I'd say hip hop first, second Christianity, maybe. Maybe. This shit spreads more than anything. I'm telling you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this has been another episode of Don't Overthink It Podcast, my man. Don't overthink it. Yep. Uh, Go listen to Turquoise out now. All right. Peace. All righty.